Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25. Hey, friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a friend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Hey friends, happy Friday. Welcome to the happy hour. I'm your host, Jamie, and we have a fun show today. I don't know if you've noticed, but I have. It seems like just all the stars have aligned and I've got to talk about football so much on this podcast. Here's my hope for you guys. I hope for you girls uh, and the few guys that listen that if you love football, you've enjoyed it. But here's what I really hope is that if you're like, I hate football, I don't enjoy watching it. I hope that you haven't felt as though these stories and these people's lives and these conversations have been so football centric. But we really get to hear people's stories and get behind the scenes. And today is just like that. Today, my friend Christy Malzahn joins me. And Christy and her husband Gus are at University of Central Florida. He's the head football coach there. And I say they're both there because you're going to hear from our conversation that they are such a team in whatever they do. In fact, I've heard Christy say previous to this is that her and Gus really talk about jobs before he takes them. And she's considered the team mom here at UCF before Gus was a head coach at University of Central Florida, where they are now. He was a head coach at Auburn University. And she was also considered like the team mom there. And I love that Christy and Gus have a team and and they are a unit and they do things together. And the thing that's great about the conversation today is no matter if your spouse uh, is a head football coach or is a banker, you can see life as a team. And I love that Christy shows us just how to support the person that you love and what they're doing. I also ask her some of the questions that you guys sent in about what it's like to be a coach's wife. And so if you've ever wondered, I'm asking Christy the questions. But more importantly, we talk about how they get through life with faith and a hope. They had a really hard year last year, not football related, personal related. And we talk about what sustains them through that. That has nothing to do with football and has nothing to do with being a coach's wife. And it is relevant for all of us today because life is hard. And I love hearing how people get through the hardness of life. Um, I'll give you a little clue in. With Jesus, they get through it. So you're going to love the conversation today. All right, friends, here is my chat with my friend, Christy Malzahn. Christy Malzahn, welcome to the happy hour. Thanks, Jamie Ivy. Thanks for having me. Well, I've been wanting to have you on ever since I met you. When was that? In, was this before COVID? Did we meet before COVID? Yes. We did. I think it was 19, it's either 18 or 19, um, It was 2019. Yep. October. Yeah. We did not know what was ahead of us. No, we did not. 
<laughs> I would have enjoyed okay. it a little more if I'd known what was coming. <laughs> it was enjoyable. Okay. So Christy and I met, I just want to let everyone know we met on a food tour, which I signed up to do this thing all by myself, which is way not in my personality. First of all, just need to let that out there. But I remember I had turned in a book and it was my gift to myself. And so I was like, I'm going to go with our friend Amy Hannon on her Unimaze food tour in Charleston. I knew I would know Amy and that was it. And then I found out that my friend Susie Davis was going to be there. But I walked into this like, I don't know anyone. And you were there as well. And you only knew like one person, didn't you? Well, I knew Amy. Amy had called me because you were there alone. She had an additional spot. So I was actually with you, even though you didn't know I was with you. <laughs> Thank goodness we had our own rooms because that would have been awkward. But yeah, I, um, I, Amy and I were friends for years. And then her sister-in-law, Nancy, um, was there as a friend and an assistant. And that is all I didn't know anybody else. And she had kind of given me heads up celebrities on board, but don't act weird. <laughs> and I said, are you talking about me? Cause surely I wouldn't be weird. <laughs> you are the celebrity, Christy. That's what she no, was talking about. I'm the about. weird one. <laughs> I'm the weird one. Oh, definitely. It was so much fun. We ate our way through Charleston and just really walked around and it was really great um, to get to know you. And I knew after that trip, I'm like, man, I would really love to have Christy on the happy hour. And I want to tell you why I have told you this in private before. And then I actually talked about this in a Bible study video that Aaron and I did when we did our book compliment. And the thing that is so crazy, you or I were on that trip together. Didn't know you. I didn't know um, even who your husband was. I knew the team obviously where he was coaching at the time. And so I love football. And so I tried to play it cool. Like don't ask her a thousand questions about what it is like to be married to a head football coach in a big football league in the United States of America. So I just try to play it cool, but there was something that always stuck out to me. And I've told you this, I don't remember this. You were, when you would talk about you and Gus, you would say, when you would talk about the team or you would talk about the guys on the team, you would say, we, we, we. And I remember thinking, I know Christy is not a coach on this team. Like, obviously. Are you kidding? Yes. yes. <laughs> but every time you talked about what Gus would do at work, you talked about we. And I mentioned that in the Bible study that Aaron and I did because it was so profoundly impactful to me of this idea that we can have two separate careers per se, two separate jobs in life, and yet be so unified as a couple. And so I want to start and just talk to you about this because you have a new podcast out uh, recently. Congratulations called Beyond Game Day with Christy Malzahn. And you have Gus on, your husband, uh, who right now you guys are currently at UCF. Uh, go Knights. Is that what we say for you guys? We do. You say go Knights. I say charge on. So Charge on. Oh, okay. There it is. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. But he's currently coaching there. And you even talked to him about this in your podcast about how you guys have been a unit. You have been a team. You have been this way. Can you tell me why you guys got here? Was it like, this isn't working. We're going to have to be a team or else it's all going to fail. Or has it been that way since the very first football season for you guys? Definitely not the very first season, but very early on. Um, our oldest was two when he started coaching. So, I truly at that point was like, how am I going to incorporate? Because, you know, he's gone a lot. How am I going to yeah. incorporate him into her life? How, how, 
how are we going to be able to do life? And I was young and kind of annoying at times and would gripe a little bit. And, you know, I have one of those um, little plaques about the, it's better to live in the corner of a roof of a house yeah. than to live <laughs> with, with a nagging swirling, a yeah. drip, drip, drip woman. So um, one of the things that came out of that was finding a way to incorporate us into what he does because somewhere in the midst of probably year three or four, the Lord just really dealt with me with, hello, this is not about just Gus being content and being in a good place. This is about all of you and all of you will have purpose and will be blessed and will have moments of teaching and things that are coming out of whatever circumstances I have you in. And while Gus may be the leader in this instance, he was, um, and he always is, but just having that space of, you know, his career is kind of directing the location of where we live. It was not going to change that I had purpose and that I had a, you know, there was, there was a calling, there was a, whatever you want to call it. There was Mm -hmm. a reason that I was, you know, going to be involved in that. And to be able to find that um, was a huge gift. I mean, to find it early and then to know doesn't mean that it was always easy. And I had a lot of years that I was like, you know what, (laughs) I'm kind of tired of this. But um, as a whole, I found it to be better when all, you know, when the girls and I both were invested, there was kind of a unit feel and the girls, you know, our youngest at one point when she was probably fourth grade and we were in a small school and she said she was, there was a slumber party one night and she was like, I can't go. I'll miss a ball game. You know? <laughs> now it's like, I think you'll probably be okay. But if we lose, it'll be my fault. And I'm like, Oh no, 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 no. We're going <laughs> to, let's correct that right now. Dad didn't do something right. Or some player messed up something. That had nothing to do with you. So it, it did become the family direction and focus and, you know, I think we did some things right, some things not so right. But, you know, I just like listening to y'all, you and Lisa the other day, you, you're literally in the thick of raising your children and trying to find out. And sometimes you look back and you go, oh, wish I hadn't quite done it that way. But this is one of those areas that I'm thankful we were able to do what we did. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a -a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. 
yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. You know, I think about that um, with Aaron being a pastor. And I think he even said this in your conversation that you had with Mary Beth Smart, said that there's something about coaches, doctors, and pastors, that they feel like they have this, they live their own life, but then (laughs) they're kind of accountable to the people in their town. Or, you know, it depends on where you live or what sport you coach or what it looks like. And we've kind of had to deal with that a little bit with Aaron being a pastor as well, is how do we bring our kids into dad's job, bring our kids into what dad does so that they don't, they don't hate him for it afterwards, that they don't resent, in our case, some big things. Like, it's not like we need to resent a university. I don't want my kids to resent God. Um, And so trying to find all of those ways to do that, but also on the flip side, which I want to talk to you about as well, on the flip side, trying to teach myself and our kids that like our identity is not wrapped up in what we do or what how successful something is or how much something fails and i know just because i watch the news is that the place that you and gus have been the jobs that you have so much is on the line with success and failure as far as like a university would say how do you guys continue to not find your identity in a winning season or a national championship or a job offer Um, because it's hard Christy because you want to work and you want to coach football and you want to be the best but yet as believers in Jesus we know that no matter what happens on the field in the workplace it is not our final identity what are some things that you guys do to try to stay grounded in that we probably play a lot of almost like a seesaw (laughs) Sometimes mm-hmm. he's really down and I'm the one that's up saying, nope, let's go and yep. vice versa. I think it's more important than ever that we stay focused and keep perspective about mm-hmm. um, 
things being idols in our lives and things, because if we look at that idol to tell us who we are, and that's really the crux of even in, I mean, I can't say it for churches in this, but in the football industry, it could be an idol of massive proportion. Yeah. And so your job, your, your, you know, who you are, what you think about yourself, all of those things, in essence, become that place that you're looking to, to tell you what you're about. So it's really about making sure that you're checking yourself. What am I setting up before him? If anything, Mm -hmm. it needs to be knocked out because it's really about just what does he say? It's, it's more than the cliche Mm -hmm. of an audience of one, which is not a cliche, but it can, we almost flippantly say it. Oh, I've got an audience of one, right? You do but it's hard to maintain that in our flesh. And Mm -hmm. so if we're not willing to really check that and walk accountable with uh, each other, especially, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, guess I'll tell you, I, you know, he didn't, I don't let him get too high. I don't let him get too low, but he does the same for me. And that there's, we have different areas, different areas that, that trigger us. And so it's a whole thing. And truthfully, my girls have grown into being, accountability for both of us because they'll look at us and we'll be out somewhere and they're like nobody knows you don't even act like anybody knows you you know <laughs> and they they might or they're looking kind of fun and they're like no nobody knows you so move on you know <laughs> so it's I mean not that we're well sometimes there is that whole thing if, when you're in a small town when we lived in Auburn it was a little more that way because you did know that people didn't know who you were not that they cared and they were so gracious to just let us live our life and do our thing. But you are more conscious of when I'm mm-hmm. in public, when, yep. you know, we had just moved back and you're in the grocery store and I am not looking great because we've been moving and that they're following me around and they're stopping me going, Oh, it is you. Can I get a bit? And I'm like, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, but Oh me, why? <laughs> you know, it's uh, why, but yeah. Sure. Chrissy, I texted you last night because I was listening to the interview with you and Gus. And I told you that I started crying because I did. Because you guys started talking about last year you had some sickness. And Gus was talking about that that season, that those couple weeks. And he literally, I don't want to put words in his mouth, was, but was like, I can't do this without her. Like, well, I'm. am I going to, I'll throw in the whole towel for all of this. And so... I want to ask you this without going into in any detail that you don't want to go into. You guys had a really hard season. I don't mean football season. I mean a season of life last year with it just felt like thing after thing after thing after thing. What is it um, for you guys together within your marriage? If you want to talk from a marriage standpoint or what is it that allows you guys to go, okay, we're going to stand back up and, oh, crap, we just got hit again. We're going to stand back up. I mean, I know Jesus for sure, but a little bit more than that, how how did you get through that season? And do you have any, like, going into, because it all was kind of at the end of a football season. Do you feel going into this year, you're like, I'm a little kind of nervous about what this year might hold? You know, I, that was such a strange thing. It was so weird. I have missed four games. And I was, I said four being generous. In your life, I really, like everyone, I want everyone to hear that. 30, like 30, 30 years. 30, 31 years. I, heading into my 31st year, I'd missed four games in all of those years. And 
Um, I really was kind of being generous and throwing one in for a good measure because I know of three, but I can't picture that fourth one. But yet I kind of feel like maybe there was a fourth. Mm-hmm. And so missing games was just not a thing. We just didn't do it. I had one thing after another and um, we had a grandbaby born during season. <laughs> and so it was like, wait, what? We don't have babies during season. <laughs> what y'all doing? But um, we've actually had two now during football season. And um, then my dad got sick. And I think everything, I was just kind of worn down. I got a virus from a random thing. And I kind of laughed because I'd gotten a manicure. (laughs) And it literally about killed me. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of little factors. But, I mean, I was a couple of hours according to the doctors, from death. I still don't believe that. I was out of it. I don't really know where I was, but I wasn't about to die, God said. So um, one of the things that hit was when I came to, I got well pretty quickly because once they figured out what it was, they were able to shut it down. I was good. But one of the things that happened was guest looked at me and he said something about not working and retiring. And I looked, I said, wait, what? Hold up. You're like, I don't know how long I was out, but what is going on? I felt like that movie while you were sleeping. I'm like, yeah, what just happened. There's somebody just had a conversation and I was not in on it. And I look forward to our retirement years, but I just knew he was not done with whatever it was that he was looking for. So we had that conversation and we've been ongoingly just for real talk of, wow. I mean, to get to that point, it means something for him to want to walk away from it for me with me and real right. Him recognizing, I don't want to do that if you're not around. So that's just, that's a deal breaker for me. Um, as far as just waking up every day, I, it's probably more just stubbornness and a little bit. I mean, I, I laugh because I tell people I'm a lot. I had a, I had a recruits mom tell me one time she was like, Honey, has anybody ever told you you're a lot? <laughs> and I just looked at her and said, Honey, I've been told a lot about a lot. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I think we're probably just stubborn and don't want to fail or don't mm-hmm. want to, you know, just stop. And again, that's another one of those things that's got to be kept in check. That it's not mm-hmm. more of a pride of I'm going to make this work when... Mm-hmm. It might be time at some point in the next four or five years, which that's really doable. But I, it's like I've told him, if you know that God has said, let's do this, then I'm good. Let's go. Cause I don't want to be somewhere that we're not supposed to be. Right. But neither one of us felt that coming in. And truly, even when I woke up, once he got past the fear of, Mm -hmm. or the shock, you know, of that whole thing situation it was a little different but um yeah so we're just stubborn little creatures honestly (laughs) well I think you're just both really saying hey we're going to be here and where we're supposed to be as long as we're supposed to be and it's really really that's a piece that you can only understand when you're in that situation yeah I have said all the way through because college coaching is a little different than high school in that you you know the hiring and the firing and all the stuff and we've changed jobs since we talked and made it through our COVID year. And then it was crazy, you know, come and done. But 
there was peace in that moment of knowing that, you know, God said, and it's, I, he's, he is the one that is going to decide at that moment. And I can, I can fight it or I can be at peace with it and go with it. And it's just, you know what? Thanks for all the good stuff that happened. And let's Mm. just go on because it's not worth, you know, stressing over all the yucky. Yeah. I was talking to someone recently and they were talking about uh, changing jobs and even more than changing jobs, like getting fired from a job and having to go through situations that just feel hard and uncomfortable. And they said that they had a mentor tell them that as hard as it is to imagine, especially if you're on the other side of having to be a part of the firing, but either way, this still relates to what I'm about to say. She had a mentor tell them that sometimes we can so forget like how God is in all of those pieces, even when it feels so uncomfortable. So even, you know, you and Gus walking through a a job change in the last two years, I'm sure that wasn't fun and exciting and like, oh, I I can't wait to do that again. But looking back, (laughs) but looking and seeing like, man, God, we trust you with where you're taking us next and where we're going. And I think that is something that's not just a college football staff thing. That is life. That is, that is life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that's, you know, the, the hard part that's probably a little bit different than a lot of segments of society, not all, but a little bit, is that it's publicly done. And then you have, right. the, you have the frustration and you want to tell your side, but that's something I have learned. You know, when you're talking to the Lord and you want to justify and he, that's not, that's just stop. He didn't ask you to justify or to, you know, make sense of it to him. He's just saying, trust me with it, repent Mm -hmm. of it, all the things. It's not, you can talk to him about it, but I've just learned for me, I, you know, I want to explain. I want to tell our side. I just want everybody to understand. It's okay. It'll all come out in the wash. And and it does every time it's, it's happened multiple times and, whether it was us choosing to leave or us being told we were leaving Mm -hmm. either way, it all comes out in the wash and it's okay. And I always think too the day, the day that we live in, you know, with social media and digital, like today's news is just gone in three days. I mean, it is gone. Nobody really cares. Nobody Nobody really cares. (laughs) That's what we should all think about in life. That's what we should think about. I was getting ready for the Texas game on Saturday and I was getting dressed and I felt like that my color of my shirt was not enough burnt orange. I'm like, I'm telling Aaron, like, am I just wearing a brown shirt? And he's like, you're fine. And then I said something about my pants are fine. And he looked at me and he said, Jamie, just remember, people are not looking at you as much as you think they are. And I was like, okay, you're right. You're right. No one is wondering why I have on the wrong color shirt. I want to jump into, can I ask you some college football questions? Sure. I don't know what I know. No, you know this because you said it about yourself. You were talking yesterday about watching a game by yourself in a room. Was that just a national championship or do you watch every game by yourself in a room? Because I was very intrigued by that, Christy. So that was a whole Auburn thing. Um, The entire time that he was the head coach and part of the time that we were there for the coordinator job, I sat in a room. Um, kind of removed from everybody. I, I'm, I'm very, I'm a lot. I'm very expressive, <laughs> and I have um, comments and emotions and whatever while I'm watching the game. And um, so, one of the wives turned around. You can't respond like that. People are looking. 
So I just went, I, you know what? This okay, way I, I respond any way I want to. And nobody's looking. And it's okay. So, so when Gus was head coach, you were in a room by yourself watching the game. On a screen or were you watching the field? I was, I was watching it on a screen. Okay. And truthfully, I was underneath the bleachers. And this has really been more college. I walked a lot. And, but I kind of had a surrounding when I was in high school. I had my, my parents, my sister, my, you know, mm-hmm. our little people right around me. So I could say and do what I wanted to. And I was up at the top away from everybody. <laughs> yeah. When I, when he became head coach at college, you know, I did it at Arkansas State too. I sat in an office by myself and watched it. And there I watched the field. Mm-hmm. But at Auburn, I was watching it on a replay, like on a screen, a feed, yeah. a live feed. So I had a couple seconds notice. So as the ball would go in the air, I already knew that we caught it. And I was like, yes. Uh-huh. Or I was like so mad because I could hear the, the fans were having a reaction one way or the other. So I think that when I was listening to your podcast, that was one of the most surprising things because I just thought you're missing all the fun. You're, you're missing the crowds. <laughs> <laughs> That's the difference in fan and like skin in the game. <laughs> That's exactly right. I, Guess is like, I can't believe you're not enjoying I, I just, oh, I can't. I, I don't. Mm, yeah. I get those nervous butterflies. Just like I'm going out there. I'm not. But um, yeah, it's a whole thing. It is a whole thing. I'm going to ask something that I'm only assuming and you correct me if I'm wrong. I would imagine some of that is because that's your man on the field. You've got your bought in in a lot of ways. I mean, this is his job. This is his career. And you want the best for Gus by all means. But I do know that you guys really invest in players on a personal level. Like it is not just Gus's guys that he sees, you know, seven days a week during the season. But you guys have team dinners at your house and not like. I don't know how it is where you are now, but I remember you told me once it was like, you do it by position. So you're hosting these players in your home all the time. And so as you're watching this game, it's not just about Gus and it's just not just about a job. These are, these are kids. These are kids that you love. Can you talk to us about that? So you want to see them do so well. Um, And part of it, I think over the years, you'll have one or two that kind of get picked on, I guess, Mm -hmm. because especially in the quarterback position and guess coach the quarterbacks for the longest time. But that was always kind of a soft spot for me because they get way too much credit, but they also yep. get way too much blame. Exactly. And so it was always one of the things that you could watch them. You knew how they're, you wanted to see what their you know, mental and emotional place was going to be as much as anything. Yeah. And if they're playing well, it's great. And it, Football is unique and beautiful in that it is a team sport. If one guy is doing all right things, but the other 10, or if four or five are not, it does not matter how great the others are doing. It's going to fall apart. You know, yeah. it. you need everybody working together, doing it in the same direction, you know, going in the same direction. So, um, yeah, I think they become my kids. I mean, it's, it's my girl's. My kids. They're my kids. kids. Yeah. Yeah. They're all my kids. So, why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. 
NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. With the Internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. In fact, Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash podcast free. All lowercase, shopify.com slash podcast free, shopify.com slash podcast free. I mean, you know this because you have raised kids and you have grandkids now, and it is true, and I can only imagine what it feel like for a mom sending a child off, not just to college, because most of us will maybe experience that sometime, but sending a kid off to play a collegiate level football, which is a whole thing on its own, um, to be able to know that they have coaches that are pouring into them. I mean, man, my kids at a high school level, there's this... They tell me things are like, they told me once, they're like, there's only two nice coaches. And I'm like, tell me their names. And so like, I literally got to know one of the wives and just said, thank you for your husband, like pouring into my kids. Cause I know you guys want to win, but my kids come home and tell me that he's the nicest coach on the field. And that means something to a mom. Um, one thing that I heard you talk about that I was really intrigued about and didn't realize was how much you're involved in recruiting. And yeah. when mamas are sending their kids off, you know, to go play at a college level, especially in like a, a very competitive, they've got lots of different offers. I didn't realize how much you would be involved in that. Can you give us a little behind the scenes of how Christy's involved in recruiting? So I try to be in most of the meetings that Gus has with them. Like we have an official coming in this weekend. And so, you know, we'll be at dinner or see them after the game we'll meet with them in the morning after the morning after the game whatever if it's during season if it's not then you know you just try to be as present as possible and get to know them you know that it's twofold it is for the moms for sure just to know that hello there's somebody but it's also my perspective with them I mean it's because when you're recruiting a kid, you want to know they can be great athletes, but then maybe not great in other areas. And yeah. it's kind of that bad apple piece. Mm -hmm. yep. And so there have been a few in our history that, you know, I guess we like, I'm probably one of the only coaches, could be where I got fired, but I sent in some five stars home because yeah. you don't fit with what we're trying to do. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I don't know. It, it's just one of those, I just try to see who they are, get to know yeah. them. And truly, it brings it home because, again, when Gus says it's us and I say it's we, it is. It is. And that's, yeah. if, if you're not actually living it and doing it and being part yeah. of it, then, you know, it's, you can't call it that if it's not. So Right. Uh, this new team you guys are with, they have a room for you to watch football games at? How, how are you doing it here, Christy? 
so far last year, because I missed so many during the yeah. season and so far I've been watching them in the box over. I sit at the back cause I've had a couple okay. people. people. We've got Sean and Leanne Tui's son uh-huh. SJ uh-huh. is here with us and um so she's been at some of the games so they sit down at the front (laughs) and i sit at the back and just try to watch it on the thing and pay attention to what's going on and okay before we go i I have questions people ask some of them you've already answered but are you ready here we go uh what's one behind the scene aspect of head coaching people don't often see i think sometimes it's hard for people to see them as people like as a you know he's just He's like a husband and a dad and a grandpa and yeah, exactly. And so we try to make that those little pieces known on social media every now and then here and there, you know, but Gus says all the time, he wishes he had paid more attention in his psychology classes (laughs) because Mm. he does a lot of Dr. Phillin to people, you know, with kids, you're, you're, you're counseling a lot. And he says, I wish I paid more attention. There you go. Okay. Another question. Are you ready? Someone asked if you really actually love football, and I think we know the answer is yes to that. I do have uh, the football for dummies book, though. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. To make sure that I understand what I'm talking about. <laughs> I bet you've got it. You've got it. Okay, here's this. Um, how much do rivalry games or polls and rankings play into like a maybe into what you feel or even what Gus is feeling? Do you guys focus on that a, a lot or no? You know, the guys go into the complex and they kind of do life. They are there. They're buckled in. You know, they're, I think because they actually can do something, it might help. Sometimes it's harder for us that are on the outside looking in because there's really, you know, big picture. I can't help him. I can't do much of anything. And so you wish you could, but yeah, there's, there's extra nerves and, anticipation because again a rivalry is one of those things that you know the fan base it feeds that excitement and it's fun but it also can bring out a dark side when you don't win so yeah you know you 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 want to win and be good but it's Uh kind of a yeah who's y'all's big rival at this school well for the moment it is which i'll probably get in trouble for saying (laughs) south Uh florida south florida um, they have a little history. They all, you know, this is a very young school. They've only been playing like 27 years in the division one okay. level. So they're very young and they've, okay. they've had a pretty successful run. Um, mm-hmm. three new year's day bowls, one, two of, I mean, they've done some things in the last 10 years to really make some moves and we're moving into big 12 next year, which I, so that's why I say now. Our rival yeah. is there. I don't know what it'll look like, you know, if we'll still play South Florida if we've gone on to Big 12 because we're going to have to, you know, change our schedule a little bit. But you'll be coming over to my neck of the woods. Well, for a hot minute. Yes. In Texas. At several places in Texas. So, um, you know, we'll be doing the tech and the Houston will be coming with us. Mm-hmm. So to be um, and then TCU. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Here's another Here's another question for you. Um, how do you and Gus, I guess, how do you handle negative things said about you in the press, media, whatever that might be? I scream a lot about it. <laughs> do you guys talk about it? Like, do you come home and be like, I can't believe. Depends on who's saying it. 
Okay. And what it is for me, he doesn't give life to most anything. You know, I mean, it, it really rolls off his back and most of the time, unless I bring it up, he hasn't really heard that part. You know, he doesn't read people's opinions. Yep. Um, I might or might not be scrolling through and reading some things and going, oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> but <laughs> I think I said in my podcast, it's, it's the position. It's not the, it's not personal most of the time. And even if they take it personal, the only reason they're saying it to you is because of the position you're in. Exactly. That was such a great point that you made. Yeah. They don't know you. They don't really, they can't make a judgment on your true character. So yeah, yeah, yeah whatever. One of the questions I got a lot was how much do you see him? Is it lonely being married to a coach? Um, what does your quality time look like in season? That was a lot of the questions. What does that look like for you guys? You know, in season, the quality time would be our team dinners honestly we do family dinner night um used to always be on sunday now we kind of float it there's a couple of different days a week that we do it and so it's a time for the players to see us as families as well as us to have time with our spouse that you know we just sit and eat and but it's it's more like a family dinner you know kind of thing there are no quality date nights or anything like that from august to the first of February when we get done with recruiting. Um, So it can be lonely. I think, honestly, I think that was one of the biggest, like, ugh, when guests said he might retire, I was like, hold up. I kind of have gotten used to my alone time. And so I don't know how that's going to work if you're around here all day, you know, looking for something to do. So um, I, you know, I think for some people it is, but again, I think that's a conversation for, for coaches and their spouses on what expectations are. Our coaches, their families are always welcome at the, the complex. And so they'll drop in, have dinner or lunch or, you know, whatever, as much as they can. It's long hours. I mean, he leaves about 630 and gets home about 1030. Very long hours. Very long. I think about that with our high school coaches. They're not putting in that long, but they are still. It's a whole life for these high school um, wives of coaches. It's just a whole nother thing. Sometimes it is that long on the hours because I, you know, it's one of the things I talked about on the podcast. It, there were lots of days that our girls would go to bed and wake mm-hmm. up and dad wasn't there when he went yeah. to bed. He wasn't. And yeah. it'd be two or three days like that. Christy, when we met, did I tell you that I, when I was in elementary school, I dreamed of being married to a football coach. I thought that would be the absolute best life I could ever imagine as a fourth grade girl because my best friend, Ashley Allen, her her dad was the high school football coach for the Brownwood Lions. And I would go over to their house and just think, I want to be married to a high school football coach one day. (laughs) And it's so funny that I'm married to a musician and a pastor who doesn't enjoy football at all. Um, And it's just, I just look back on that little fourth grade girl and think, oh, you thought that that would be the best life you could ever imagine. And I can just honestly say, thank the Lord someday. (laughs) (laughs) It's really great. And I'm very thankful to be part of it, but I didn't have the dream of doing that. And, <laughs> and there have been days that I've been like, what was I thinking? <laughs> you know, what but are we doing? what are we yeah, doing? I don't know. Um, it, it's, it, it, it is a lot of fun, but it, yeah, it definitely has its highs and its lows, but 
Most well, people, most uh, jobs do. Exactly. Um, congrats on your podcast. I told you that, guys. Check it out, Beyond Game Day, where Chrissy's. You're going to be interviewing coaches' wives, and so. I'm not a coach's wife, and I'm sure a lot of your listeners aren't either, and it's geared towards coaching wives, but I love just learning about people's lives, and I learn, I love having conversations about people and what they're doing, and so I've enjoyed it so much. I think it's kind of the Jamie Ivy. everybody has a story, you know, exactly and, and right. we have stories too, and we're just not like, you know, your audience's cup of tea on a regular, so yeah. we're just going to have our own over here. I love it so much. I love it so much. Um, Chrissy, uh, what are you reading these days? Jamie wants to know. Jamie wants to know. We want to know what you're reading. You know what? I just started that. What if Jesus was serious? What if Jesus was serious by Sky Jatani? Yes. I love Sky. He's got a whole series like, what if Jesus was serious about? About prayer and about um, the church. So. Yep. Very cool. I really love them. I love Sky and I love those books too. Chrissy Malzon, thank you so much. And this will be that this game will be over by the time I talk to you, but good luck this weekend against Louisville on Friday. It is. Keeps you moving. Keeps you moving. Um, thank you so much. Um, thank you for your wisdom. Thank you for your encouragement. Thank you for just sharing your story with us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. We are truly grateful for every single story that we get to share with you, every encouragement we get to give you, and every opportunity we get to point all of us to Jesus. If you're loving this show, we would really appreciate it if you would leave us a rating and or a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, tell your friends. That is the number one way that people find out about our show. It's because you tell them. Join us right here every Wednesday and Friday for meaningful conversations that will make us think, they'll make us laugh, and they'll always point us back to Jesus. And come find me other places on the internet as well. I love Instagram. I'm over there at Jamie Ivy. And if you've never visited my YouTube page, you're going to want to go there. Have you ever listened to a show and wondered, I wonder what they look like? Well, go find us over there. It's jamieivy.com slash YouTube. The Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy is a production of Ivy Media Podcasts. Executive produced by Jamie Ivy. Produced by Lindsay Sweeney, edited by Angie Elkins, show notes by Ashley Miner, art by Jen Jet Barrett, original music by Matt Graham, and I'm your host, Jamie. Have a happy hour with a friend. Why are smart businesses graduating to NetSuite by Oracle? Because NetSuite eliminates the expense of multiple business systems by consolidating your operations together into one. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. NetSuite reduces IT costs because it lives in the cloud with no hardware required, so you can access it from anywhere. You cut the cost and headaches of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. Bringing all your major business processes into one platform improves efficiency, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move, so do the math. You'll see how you'll profit with NetSuite, too. And now, by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Just go to netsuite.com slash podcast25 for more information. That's netsuite.com slash podcast25.